What is up, what is up, what is up? Welcome to The Mitch Davis Show. I'm your host, Mitch Davis, founder of themitchdavisshow.com. You can follow me on Twitter at MitchDavis underscore eight. Also like and follow the Facebook and Instagram pages by simply typing in The Mitch Davis Show and also the website at themitchdavisshow.com. On today's podcast, we're going to be joined by head coach of the Missouri State Bears, Head coach Dana Ford will be joining me momentarily to talk all things Missouri State basketball ahead of Arch Madness of the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament there in St. Louis. Before we get to the interview, be sure you head on over to the website for several great articles this week. Cover the Ole Miss-Kentucky game on Tuesday night. We've got several great Missouri Valley basketball articles out there as well. More to come as we get ready for Arch Madness this weekend. I'll tell you what, there is not a better conference basketball tournament than Arch Madison. We've got you covered at the MitchDavisShow.com and also wherever you like to listen to your podcast by simply typing in the Mitch Davis Show. Head on over to Twitter and give me a follow at MitchDavis underscore eight. And at this time, I would like to welcome head coach Dana Ford to the podcast. I am joined now by the head coach of the Missouri State Bears, head coach Dana Ford. How are you doing today? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for coming on the Mitch Davis Show, Coach. Uh, let's talk about this Missouri Valley basketball tournament. You guys come into the tournament 16 and six overall, 12 and six in conference, nine and four at home, seven and two on the road. What do you expect to see out of your team uh, this weekend in St. Louis? Well, I, you know, I anticipate seeing a lot of what we've seen for for most of this year. Um, that's a, a hard playing connected uh, a group that, that's having a lot of fun and, and, and trying to um, uh, play the game what, in, in, the, in the way that we think is the right way. And uh, hopefully that's together and playing with a lot of confidence and, and um, getting stops defensively and making the extra pass offensively. So uh, looking forward to seeing our guys play as a group. Coach, I've got to ask you this before we get into your players a little bit. This is a note that your SID sent me. Bears are 11-0 this season, 26-0 under Coach Ford, when the, when they shoot 50% or better from the field. Did it in both meetings last week against Valpo. Coach, talk about that in your offensive efficiency and how, how important that is for your team. Well, I think it's very important. and um, I think most sports uh, have gone to more of an offensive approach. I know we kind of went through a phase where where things were very defensive uh, heavy. And um, I think that, that that needle's changed a little bit. And now teams are a little bit better offensively. They're, they're, the, the, the analytics have now kind of had an impact on the game of basketball. And we're no different than most. We, we try to get a layup and we try to get an open three. And um, other than that, uh, maybe get to the free throw line. Uh, we're fortunate. We have two really good offensive players in um, Isaiah Mosley and Gage Prim. So a lot of times we, if we get in bailout situations, we have two guys that we can get the ball to and they can still get us a, a high percentage shot. Coach, let's talk about Gage Prim and Isaiah Mosley for a second. First time in school history, you guys joined in 1990, that you have two first-team All-Missouri Valley Conference players, Prim and Mosley. Coach, talk about them and uh, the impact they have on your team. Well, I think for starters, um, I think there has to be an understanding that our team is really built around those guys. And, and what I mean by that is uh, all of our personnel decisions that we made uh, this past spring as we uh, uh, turned our roster over a little bit, 
was basically predicated on uh, those two guys being our, 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 our main offensive threats. And so but Gage does a fantastic job around the basket. He's really good five feet in. He can stretch the defense out to 15 feet. Uh, he's a good passer. He's a willing passer. And he's gotten better on the on the on the uh, on the glass this year, which has been a, a pleasant surprise. And then on the perimeter, Isaiah is, is a fantastic scorer of the basketball. We we knew that he was as a freshman. He averaged ten points a game in in, in league play last year as a true freshman on a, on a talented deep team. And uh, this year, things are, are are mostly run through him on the perimeter. So he's taking full advantage of his opportunity. Uh, he can score at all three levels. He's getting better with his back to the basket, his catch and shoot three, and he's he's tough enough to get to the free throw line. So, uh, two very very talented offensive players. Coach, uh, you mentioned the analytics of this earlier in the in, in the podcast, but just talk about if these guys have it off night. Let's say they're not shooting as well as they normally do. They're not rebounding as well as they normally do. Who are some of those other guys that you like to see quality offensive efficiency uh, minutes from? Well, you know, I don't think there's a secret that, that the X factor for our team is the three-point line. And so for us, that would be uh, Javante Black, uh, Keaton Hervey, Jared Ritter, and Demarcus Sharp. And, and when those guys are making their outside shots, then, then we're, we're, we're pretty good. And, and we, we had a stretch there in the middle of conference play where we played uh, two of the best teams in our league, or the two best teams in our league, uh, Drake and Loyola, where we, we just weren't quite making shots. And so... Uh, I, I think those other four guys it, uh, can definitely carry the load, but it's going to have to be from from shot making. Uh, Demarcus Sharp is one guy that can kind of get downhill. He does a fantastic job of creating for others, but uh, ultimately we need we need Keaton, Jared, and Jamonte to step up and make shots. Coach, uh, let, let's flip the script a little bit because everybody wants to talk about COVID. We, I, I want to ask you, and, and a lot of credit goes to your conference right now. All Missouri Valley Conference games were played this season. Obviously, you had some postponements. You had some, you know, a, a, everything happened. But you guys also had some cancellations earlier in the year. Talk about the struggle and also the credit that the conference uh, deserves uh, getting all these games in and also the struggle you guys face in a non-conference slate. Well, I think in regards to our league, I think that um, the strategy was, was one that was very good. And what I mean by that is we left open weeks in conference schedule, uh, one kind of in the middle, and one late in order to, to, to play makeup games. And, and, and then we decided to go ahead and play back-to-back days and not have uh, a, a travel uh, as it's been in the past where, where you play one game uh, on your home court and one game away. And so I think we ended up reducing the, the, the possibilities of, of, of positive tests. And, and so I think that our league did a good job uh, in regards to their strategy of, of getting all the games in. And, and, and that was the ultimate goal. It, it, I think as we met as coaches with the league, we didn't make things too complicated. We have one goal. We wanted to get all the games in. And so that meant that so-and-so may not play anywhere else or, or this may be the schedule. You may have four games in seven days, X, Y, and Z. And we didn't let those things deter us of the goal. And, and then in regards to our situation, you know, it was difficult in the beginning of the year because the guys were looking forward to playing. I think that was the hardest thing is that it, it, not necessarily the actual COVID itself. We did have a, a, a spread throughout our program and, and some guys had some symptoms, but they bounced back effectively. The biggest thing was the disappointment of not playing when we were supposed to play. And, but I think it, it taught us to just keep things in perspective, take them one day at a time, 
and uh, we've been fortunate ever since then to, to, to play uninterrupted. Coaches, we look forward into the future because obviously it looks like things are starting to go out for the better here and, you know, vaccines and all that. What is the future of college basketball scheduling? Are we going to see more games scheduled, you know, 10 years down the road like we're, we have seen? Or are we going to start seeing, you know, hey, we got an open date on Saturday. Who's available to play? Uh, and how and how big of a factor is regional games in, going to be in a post-COVID uh, pandemic uh, world? You know, I, I would think a lot of things have changed due, due to COVID, and, and obviously, like you're like you're mentioning, uh, scheduling is one of those. And, and uh, I would be I would be a big fan of uh, the random scheduling. To, to be quite honest, each year you get teams close to the end of the year that may have performed better than they thought. They need a, a, a resume booster. We used to have something called the bracket buster. That was a little bit like that. It really helped our level of programs. So, so you can potentially see that. Um, but, but then also, I, I guess uh, most people would like to know who they're going to play. Uh, we we would prefer to play a more regionally based schedule. Uh, we we like to play all the teams in our state. We like to play all the teams uh, in in the state of Arkansas. Uh, we would even like to play. Uh, uh, teams in the state of Kansas and Oklahoma. We, we just think that it makes more sense uh, 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 when you look at the effect on players' bodies in, in regards to travel, when you look at budget reasons. And we have good programs. You know, we, we've got good out-of-conference opportunities, whether it's a Wichita State, whether it's a Tulsa, whether it's a Oral Roberts, and even, even, even Power 5 opportunities, whether that's Mizzou or Arkansas, Kansas, Kansas State. I mean, we've got so many with, within a bus ride that, that we would definitely like to try to do more of that. Now, obviously, scheduling, it takes two to tango, and everyone has to do what's best for their program, and that's different for everybody. So so it's not just like you can make a wish list, but, um, you know, you never know. COVID may, may force us to do more regional scheduling just to make sure that everyone is on the up and up. Coach, this is the last question I have about scheduling. I've got two more or three more questions after that. Coach, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, teams that are playing their conference tournament this weekend, possibly playing one game, two games next week for maybe NCAA tournament bid or an NIT bid. Coach, is that something that you and your program would be interested in? Oh, for sure. I mean, if we feel like we need to, to boost our, our resume for, for one of those tournaments, uh, we, we would definitely do that. But there, there's no doubt. But again, you have to find someone that wants to play and, and that's that's not that has not been the easiest thing to do this year and, uh but but we would we would definitely be up for that and uh, if we're fortunate enough to win this tournament uh we would we would still look depending on how things shape up and how our guys feel and what we think is best we would look at some of those opportunities as well Coach, uh, I, I want to ask you about this Missouri Valley coaches fraternity because, you know, I was telling you before we got on here, it seems like you guys love each other and, and really have a brotherhood amongst each other, but you also like to beat each other. Coach, talk about that fraternity because it's something that you don't see across a lot of the leagues in college basketball. Well, I think it starts with respect. and, and uh, that There's a lot of areas that, that probably covers. Number, number one, um, we, we all have a lot of respect for our conference as a whole, many of us have either played in this league or coached in this league for quite some time. So we just have a, a mutual respect for the conference in its entirety. And then, um, like I mentioned, uh, there, there are guys in this league that actually played against each other back in college. And 
so they've known each other for quite some time. I know myself personally. I'm, I've known Brian Mullins for uh, upwards of 10 years. And, and so we, we just have a respect for one another. And, you know, when you respect people, you still want to compete against them. But 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 that's that's where you kind of draw the line is, is the level of competition. So um, and I think the list goes on and on. I know that there are a lot of former players in our conference. And uh, I think from all that, that, that I know, and I don't know everyone personally, you know, me and Dan Muller are very close. I know him personally, but what I know of most people in our league in regards to the coaches is that they're all good people. And uh, when you get a bunch of good people together, you, you, you normally get uh, some type of cohesiveness. And, and that doesn't have anything to do with whether or not you have to compete against that person or not. Um, you know, I've been around a lot of uh, good basketball coaches that, that just weren't good people. And, and I don't think we have that issue in our league. And so I think that helps us all keep things in perspective. And, and we just have a mutual respect across the board. Coach, two more questions I have for you. Coach, you're recruiting six guys from Missouri, two from overseas, and several from across the country. What is that recruiting pitch like when you go into these living rooms and now in the COVID world it's all on Zoom call? What do you what do you tell these recruits? Why Missouri State University? Well, recruiting's definitely been, been affected by COVID, but you know what what we try to do now is we try to see if um, people are interested in what we are about. Uh, we, 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 we're not trying to uh, sell anything. We're just trying to be honest in what we are about as a university, as a program, as a department, and, 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 and be very transparent in what our need is, uh, be very, very transparent in what your role here would be. And if uh, individuals meet the, 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 the characteristics that we're looking for, then, then the opportunity presents itself for us to make an offer. And, and uh, I, I think that's basically the, the, the recruiting pitch that, that we've gone with. Uh, we try to recruit guys that have, that have won some championships. We, we try to recruit guys that, that are team guys. Uh, we try to recruit guys that have competitive nature. Uh, we, we, we just try to can re- recruit a lot of things that we don't think we could actually put in somebody. And so, um, you know, those are just a few of the things that we probably look for. Coach, last question I have for you. Uh, you're entering your third season at Missouri. You have entered your third season at Missouri State. Coach, talk about what Missouri State University means to you as a, as a program and also as a uh, coach. Well, it, you know, it's a special program. It, it means a lot. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a place that my family and I, we, we, we really enjoy tremendously. And I think that starts with the uh, city of Springfield, Missouri. And uh, we, we've got a lot of good people that try to make our city the best it can be. And, and you don't have that everywhere. Uh, we've got a lot of, uh, of basketball fans in, in our area where basketball is a big deal. And um, Missouri State is a program that has has a tremendous amount of history in basketball and uh, has had a, a consistent level of, of winning throughout the years. Uh, uh, we are on a postseason drought at the moment, but uh, as soon as we can break that barrier down, I think even the excitement will will return to what it used to be. And so, it's a great place to coach. It's a great time to coach there. It's a great opportunity. And uh, my family and I, I mean, we 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 fully enjoy it from 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 everything that comes with coaching in this profession. Um, sometimes you can there there are a million things that you can find that you don't like. And we, we, fortunately, we don't have that issue at Missouri State. and um, it's, a, it's a really good feeling. 
Coach Ford, thank you so much for coming on the Mitch Davis Show. We wish you luck this week and uh, hope to see you in a couple weeks in the NCAA tournament. Okay, sounds good. You have been listening to the Mitch Davis Show. I've been your host, Mitch Davis, founder of the Mitch Davis Show.com, podcast host of the Mitch Davis Show. Very special thank you to head coach Dana Ford of the Missouri State Bears for coming on the podcast today to talk about his program ahead of the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament there in St. Louis, or as a lot of college basketball fans would call it, Arch Madness. You can follow me on Twitter at Mitch Davis underscore rate. Like and follow the Facebook and Instagram pages by simply typing in The Mitch Davis Show. And also you can check out all of our Missouri Valley Arch Madness coverage at themitchdavisshow.com or also wherever you like to listen to your podcast as well by simply typing in The Mitch Davis Show. Thank you again to Coach Head Coach Dana Ford for coming on the podcast today to talk all things Missouri State basketball.